Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Luke Holloway, editor of The Journal. In this episode, I'll be talking to Jordan Maskell, Anisha Turner and Alex Marks. In this episode of the podcast, we're discussing how the insurance profession can attract talent. And we're joined by Anisha Turner and Alex Marks, both members of the claims group from the CII New Generation Programme of 2021-22, and Jordan Maskell, board member of the Society of Insurance Broking. Here's my conversation with Anisha, Alex and Jordan. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us on CII Radio today. Hi there. Hi. Good morning. It's great to have you with us. Now, it feels like this is a really critical time for insurance in terms of attracting new talent into the industry. Um, The last couple of years have seen firms evolve the way that they engage with the job market, update their stance on flexible working and and overhaul their employment strategy, all with a view to winning new talent. And that's not to mention that the skills needed within insurance, uh, along with the technology we use, are always also changing. Um, Jordan, why is it so important now more than ever to bring new talent into the insurance profession? Yeah, good good question, Luke. I think when we think about the insurance industry, it's uh, it's, it's been a very traditional sector and a lot of the roles, the the, the progress, the the training, the experience that people have has been very traditional, very set. So I think the importance of having new skills coming into the sector is really critical. I think if you look at automation playing now a big part across the industry, so where we think about how claims might be paid a lot quicker, how pricing might be set by underwriting teams, and even from brokers, how they communicate with their customers, automation and and, and digitalization is is key. So the skills required to drive that um, are are maybe not seen in in the traditional roles. So I think if I think of things like problem solving, critical uh, thinking, change management, and even things like emotional intelligence, these aren't necessarily skills that have seen on on role profiles many years ago. So bringing new talent into the sector with those skills are are, are really crucial. And then the last bit I, I think around is around creativity. I think how we engage with our end customer, particularly from a broker perspective, uh, with new demographics, new markets, the ability to, 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 to move that message through things like social media, I think it's a real challenge because, as we all know, it's not the most sexiest of sectors and uh, translating that through is, is quite a challenge. And I thought very briefly, sort of ahead of this this, this podcast, around a, a talk I heard from the ex-CEO of Lego, who was talking about their journey from being a toy manufacturer into what is now a, a big global brand and uh, the, the mistakes that they learned and, and how they really thought outside the box. So whilst I'm not sure insurance land quite has a ring to it as a good day out, I do think we've got a lot of lessons to learn from uh, how other industries have diversified and, and changed their approach to what was perhaps a traditional model. Absolutely. I mean, you, you touched on some re- really strong points there, in, uh, especially the, the technical skills needed in insurance and, and that we're now competing with, with other, other sectors and other industries that are looking for similar skills and talent. I mean, what are you finding and how are you evolving the way you look for talent in the broken sector and, and the profession more widely? 
Yeah, I think when I look at this, I see there's there's sort of three key problems. And of course, it's well documented across the insurance press. For me, the sort of first one is around the volume of talent. So we've more vacancies now than than ever before. We we, we don't have enough of, of, of people in the certain roles that's required. And that's across all three areas, broking, underwriting, and, and of course, from the insurer's perspective, from underwriting. I think the second challenge is, is is relating to the earlier point around the skill sets and the type of talent that we have that is evolving and we don't necessarily have enough of that quality and, and that type of skill set coming into the market. And I think the third one, of course, is around diversity and, and, and that flows back to my earlier points of, of, of why that might be critical. So I think from a broker perspective, I think you see this playing out at a number of levels and it's a real conundrum for brokers to to, to manage. So I think obviously the, the last thing we want to see is an impact on our end customer. So where we see if we took a, a small independent brokerage that might be under-resourced and might not have the right skill sets in, the, how do they avoid having that impact with the customer or the amount of time they might spend with, with any given customer? And then, of course, that has an impact on the staff already in that in that brokerage. So does it increase workloads? Does it add to their, their stress levels and, and their working environment, which, of course, isn't a great outcome either? And then the, their ability to grow. Brokers clearly want to grow. They want to, to move into other markets and they need resource to do that. They need the skill sets and talent to do that. Um, and, and that's obviously going to have an impact where they don't have that resource. And that's something that we definitely see across our network of the importance of, of bringing in good talent, the right talent at the right time. And I think there's a real uh, interesting conundrum where we see a real rise of apprenticeships and grad schemes, which is a fantastic opportunity to bring new talent in. But of course, it does require for these organisations to have the time out to spend training, supporting them, giving them that advice at a time where they're probably very time poor and, and maybe don't have that. So growing your own talent and is, is a great opportunity for people. But I think particularly for smaller brokerages, they find that challenge because it takes even further time out of their day to spend with, with, with apprentices or trainees or, or grads. So it's a real conundrum I think the industry is wrestling with currently. And, and it's great to see uh, a lot of the insurance press covering it, a lot of work that we're doing across the boards, really emphasising that and sharing good practices ideas and coming together as a sector not just as independent businesses Absolutely. Yeah, it certainly is is complex. And as you mentioned there, it takes resources, it takes time, but it is good to see collaboration across the insurance profession as a whole. Anisha, you and Alex were part of the CII New Generation Programme, which you both completed last year. A significant part of that involves a project aimed at looking at a key theme or challenge in the profession. Can you tell us about the project um, which you did and what you focused on as part of your programme? Yeah. So, yeah, as, as you just outlined there, the um, the point of the sort of CII New Generation project is that it, it gives a group of people the opportunity to seek to improve the sector by working together on a project. And it's, it's a project of your choosing. And when our sort of claims cohort came together, many of us, many of us had a similar view that we wanted to do something around raising the profile of insurance as a, as a career choice. Um, you know, many of us came saying that that people often say that they fell into insurance and, and why is that really? Because there's there's so you know it's such a good career to have and so many benefits and opportunities within the insurance industry just that aren't widely known. 
uh, to yeah to people outside of the profession really and because we were a claims group we also thought that in terms of the the departments and groups within the insurance sector that claims is possibly enjoys less kudos than some of the other departments as well so we wanted to focus in on raising the raising the profile of claims Excellent. And and Alex, can you tell us a bit more about how you went about the project then, what you first looked into and the research you did and and some of the findings which you, which you came up with? Yeah, sure. So as, as Anisha has said, we um, already highlighted from our initial research that um, attracting talent to the industry was an important issue. Um, and we were focusing specifically on claims, but this was across the board, I think, as Jordan said, that the real issue for insurers attracting talent into the industry. So following sort of our initial research and discussions internally with our own employers and how they were fighting the challenge, um, we decided we were going to take a survey in conjunction with the CI to pass out to current members. Um, to try and find a bit more about what had attracted current members into the insurance industry. Um, so the sort of questions we were asking was how you first heard about your role in insurance? Were you aware of insurance claims as a career choice? And then sort of what had caused you to, to stay in your in your role with the insurance um, claims team? So we're really trying to sort of nail down sort of what makes um, a career in insurance claims attractive and, and how best to promote that to try and fill this this talent shortage. So as Anisha said, one of the sort of most interesting sort of outcomes of the survey was noting that most people actually came back to say that they'd sort of fallen into insurance um, and it hadn't been sort of a career choice that they'd um, left university or school level looking to get into their, their current role. But we were able to piece together some sort of headline five sort of benefits that we thought were one of the most attractive parts to work in insure um, that would then help us to market the rolling claims um, effectively. So these were one, having a stable career. So for the majority of the professionals we surveyed, a lot of them have stayed in their company for over five years, which shows that they're a loyalty to profession. The wide ranging benefits, so people seemed happy with the benefits that they were getting. They felt supported um, and this included additional training on the role. The next one was purpose, which I think is a really important part of, of, of marketing the insurance profession. So this is sort of a chance to make a difference. What is the purpose of the role? Does the actual role allow them to, to, to allow potential entry level um, applicant to, to the claims team? Can they see what the, what the purpose behind the, ins the insurer is? Are they really making a difference and making customers' lives better? Um, and that's especially important for claims where you're dealing with customers at a very difficult time of their lives usually. The next point we looked at was well-being support. Um, so this goes back to sort of uh, work-life balance and offering flexibility in the role. And then finally, support to charities and dealing with sort of vulnerable people. Um, so again, this comes back to, 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 to showing that the insurer is making a difference um, and has got policies outside of the, the norm and showing sort of giving back to the community. So, so along with those sort of five headline, headline points for marketing, we also, I think as Anisha said, we, we did feel that there was a sort of a lack of transparency and lack of understanding about um, the breadth of roles in, in insurance claims. Um, and we, we spent quite a lot of time looking into this and showing what a varied, you know, not just sort of a, a, a telephone first communication with a claims as a, a claims handle on the phone, but also, you know, there's claims managers, experts, um, adjusters, you know, so many different points and, and potentially um, sort of junior entrants, they would have only seen 
you know, a, a mobile phone claim, for example, or seen uh, car insurance where perhaps the, the cost of premiums are, are, are quite large. So they may have sort of had a negative um, viewpoint of, from insurance as an industry before then looking to sort of graduate and go from that step. So we, we really felt that that was another important point to, along with those five sort of headline points to focus on from a marketing perspective, but to also, you know, really um, promote the, the, the real breadth of, of roles in the claims team. Amazing. Um, and Alex, the way you kind of go through all the, as you say, the headlines and the benefits and advantages of working in insurance, there are there are so many. And, it, you know, that we all know being within the, the profession, uh, it's just a shame that people don't realise that until they get into the profession kind of thing. I mean, so I suppose that's a really key challenge in the, the war for talent is is um, making that message clearer. Anisha, what else did the research tell you about uh, talent attraction in insurance? And, and also, did you produce any recommendations for firms that, um, you know, this is what we found and this is, you know, what we can do to, to help? Yeah. So firstly, I mean, it's widely known, isn't it, that there is this skill shortage and that's what has been reported a lot in the press that there's, there's a skills gap, there's a talent shortage as a result of um, technological advances and, and digitalization taking place. Um, and it's also, yeah, through reading in the press as well, it, it's apparent also that really insurance isn't, it doesn't appear to be an attractive career choice for, for graduates. And it was reported in the um, London Matters 2020, which is the London Market Group's um, influential report that they reported that in 2018, only 18% of graduates were considering a career in insurance. Now, I know that's a few years ago now and that, that figure might have improved, but but yeah, it really, it really shows that there are challenges here and something needs to be done if we're going to get people into this sector as well to, um, to drive it going forwards. So yeah, what what we also found out then is that there, there there are a number of challenges, and I think one of the one of the big challenges is the optics of the profession, really. And like following on from what Alex was saying, it's the it, it might go back to people's experiences with insurance, and you know maybe car insurance and premiums and mobile phone insurance or things like that. And and really, there's a whole breadth of roles where we can use many many skills data skills business skills you know um, economics and many things that can be valuable to a career in insurance so i think the i think one of the challenges is is the optics something needs to happen with the, the optics and um why do people just say that they fell into insurance and um it's it's something to be proud of another challenge really is the the sort of the more for less challenge that we're all part of as well now where from what Jordan was saying, more automation needs to take place. I think organisations need to think about what can be automated and where the individuals can actually add value and legacy systems that might need upgrading as well. Absolutely. And, and, and Alex, is there anything you'd add in terms of the, the results that you found or any recommendations that you can give to firms? Um, was there anything that surprised you or, or that you think, you know, that's a real opportunity in terms of uh, attracting talent? Yeah, I, th- I think there's sort of two points. As Anisha was saying, you know, one of the, um, the points we found was sort of maybe the outdated system still being used at many insurers and that to attract talent, there has to be an investment in those systems with digitalization and automation coming in. So you're, you're not going you're not going to keep the talent there if they're dealing with you know outdated, antiquated systems on a day-to-day basis anyway, you know, notwithstanding that that's probably not best for your customers either. Everything that they sort of experienced with um, data, large 
social media, et cetera, is a very fast, effective process. Um, and that's probably not seen in, in many of the systems being used by insurers in, for employers. And, and sort of the second point as well, I think, I think Jordan may have mentioned this, but just having sort of a joined up approach to this sort of market-wide as well. We, we discussed um, sort of a similar campaign for teachers where you may remember they, they sort of said those who can teach. And it was almost sort of that level having a joined up approach to, to combat this, to not only sort of market the, the breadth of roles of claims, but you know the other areas that we mentioned earlier about the attractiveness of a, of a career in the profession as well. And having sort of a, a joined up approach from the market will probably be the best way then to attract talent because it then gets the transparency that we also discussed that perhaps is lacking at the moment with marketing to that talent that's um, that's being missed at the moment. Yeah, I think um, another opportunity really is, and uh, it's sort of insurance organisations and, and the the sector. We're not, yeah, we're not promoting ourselves enough. You know, make a massive contribution to the UK economy, and we really play a vital part in responding to what goes on in the economy as well. And uh, we can do a lot in terms of shaping behaviour. Absolutely. I mean, insurance is such a massive and important part of, as you say, of the economy. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's a esteemed profession, really. And it should should really have that kind of weight behind it. And it's interesting you mentioned teaching because they, they've got they've always got a campaign, you know, to attract more people and tell more people and, you know, tell everyone that, you know, it, no matter who you are, if you if you want to get into it, it's it's open to you. I mean, um, Jordan, coming back to you, what are your thoughts on the project that the that the new gen? did and also um, sticking with that kind of theme of attracting people from different backgrounds I mean how important is that yeah I, I think it's critical isn't it I mean to, to, to the project itself I think it's uh, it, it really just it embraces the the, the the aspect the guy said and actually how do we break this mold and just reflecting on as I was listening to those answers then some of the work that I've seen in one or two organizations I've worked in around our employee value proposition. So a lot of organizations are very focused on their customer, which of course is, is critical, but actually the staff themselves, what, what, what is it that, that motivates us? Why do we like working where we work? And I think we we don't probably do enough to make a real sort of dance over that because uh, as Anisha was saying, it, it's been uh, a lot of sectors have had torrid times going through with the pandemic. Our sector has been very resilient and, and actually people have, have earned really good careers um, through that period. So I think we, we probably have uh, a big job on our hands to sing more about the, the benefits of working in industry and, and some of the great organisations that, that exist there. Um, and, and diversity is, I mean, it's critical, isn't it? I think going back to to the to the earlier points around that lack of innovation and and, and how we we be really creative. I think diversity is one way to to really sort of harness that. And I think um, the, the importance of when we build teams. I think in, in areas I've worked in the past, uh, traditionally there's been a habit of operating teams with people from similar backgrounds, similar experiences, often similar training and, and the technical training. And of course, when you're faced with a problem, you end up with similar results or a similar similar solution to how you might tackle that. So the the, the areas that I see that are working really well, the, the, the teams that have a much more diverse uh, team members and approach to things and really do look at problems from different angles, different approaches, and, and, and clearly actually operate in a really high level because end up with some fantastic results and ideas and, 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 and innovative ways of coming at it that perhaps traditionally the industry wouldn't have seen. So I think the importance of having teams with diverse skill sets and backgrounds, it's, it's just really critical to, to harness all the things that we've just talked about. 
And Anisha and Alex, considering again the work that you've done uh, on the subject of talent, we'd love to get your take on diversity and inclusion in insurance. Uh, Anisha, from the project and from your experience and, and career journey in general, what are your thoughts on, on DNI and insurance and how firms can do more? Yeah, as Jordan said, it's um, it, diversity is, is critical, absolutely. You need diversity of thought, you need um, diversity of opinion, and it leads to enhanced decision-making, really, and um, then reflecting, you know, reflecting across all variety of people that you might be serving and also, and also representing. So it is absolutely critical. Yeah, and diversity is also extremely important, you know, from the, from the perspective of the company itself and um, in terms of their own ESG and who, and creating a just society really and offering opportunities to people that might not actually um, have those opportunities in, in, in accordance with traditional routes of uh, gaining entry to different professions. Uh, and Alex, uh, Anisha touched on a, a great point there. I mean, how can we serve the diverse customers that, you know, we have if, you know, we don't have the diversity of thought within the profession? Um, what are your thoughts on both from the work you did and also your kind of um, your experience personally in the, in the profession on the progress being made and, uh, and you know, how, how firms could do more? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's it's very important. I mean, as both Jordan and Isha said, and I mean, especially like we're dealing with attracting talent in the insurance industry, and obviously having diverse workforce means that you have a wider talent pool, so that then um, helps to fill the the shortage gap as well. Um, and as we said, customers want to feel represented by their business by the by the insurer um, and this then helps to build trust and um, allow some of the difficult conversations that sometimes happen in claims as well moving on it's so important for marketing as well that customers feel that they're represented um, and, then, and then hand in hand and I think as Jordan said it, it's it's not just diversity it's also inclusion and I think in order to have diversity you need to have um, policies in place that allow an inclusive culture embedded in the insurance company itself uh, and, and that sort of means that everyone feels engaged welcome and I think making sure that everyone's voice is heard is so important and that's that's the way that that, that, that will build towards having that culture across the industry um, I mean we've seen some 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 sort of positive ways of improving um, inclusion in the workplace I mean mentoring schemes having uh, effective role models um, to attract diverse talent in the industry and also I know many insurers now are doing sort of internal surveys and these sort of anonymous surveys giving feedback um, about how um, the employees feel in their role in the, in the business um, and then it's important that employees pay attention to that and then if they do find um, that there are issues coming back make appropriate changes and that way I think we can build towards improving diversity um, and, and going from there really. And Jordan, coming back to you, I mean, would you agree with what Alex and Anisha have said there and, and how important it is? And also, in particular, gender diversity, um, as we recall today's podcast, it's International Women's Day happening on the 8th of March this year. I mean, what are your thoughts on the progress we're seeing in terms of women in insurance, um, especially at board level and in senior roles? Yeah, it's an interesting this one. I think there's some really good signs. I think we've clearly got a long way to go, right? But I think the progress that I I reflect on in just my career of sort of 23 years on in the industry, I think we've made some really good progress. So if I look at um, the business I work in at the moment, we have a number of 
uh, female franchise owners who, who, who are operating fantastic broken businesses out there. Some of our highest performers operating some some really really good 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 businesses. And I think even our, our society of insurance brokerage boards, forty percent of that are female. And and it, it touches the points that we referred to earlier. We we come at problems in a different way. There's a whole range of diverse skills that actually now that are, are just common in our workplace. Um, and and I think we we we've almost taken that for granted compared to perhaps where it was some time ago. So I think there's, there's, there's good progress that is evident, but clearly still a, a, a bit of a way to go. Yeah, I agree with uh, with what Jordan was saying. I definitely think there's been a lot of progress with regards to uh, seeing um, more women at board level. And in insurance, we've obviously got the Insurance Women's Inclusivity Network and the um, and the Women in Insurance Awards as well, which which is great to see. The CII is also is in in association with the with the IWIN Group, the Insurance Women's Inclusivity Network. And um, it was also interesting to read from a government website recently how the UK is actually in second place in terms of the representation of females at board level. So we're coming in um, behind France with 40% of positions now held by women compared to 12.5% 10 years ago. So I think that really does demonstrate the progress that has taken place. With regards to women representation at board level as well, I think another important consideration really is to think about, you know, how do women get into those board level positions? And we need to really be thinking about the pipeline and having representation of women in other senior leadership positions, you know, within the organisation as it as itself, so that there is that clear escalation for women to, to go up and, and escalate up to that level. So I think organisations need to be need to be mindful of that, that we can't just, yeah. You know, swoop someone into a board level. There needs to be the um, the escalation supported by the organisation too. Absolutely, and and that leads us nicely, Jordan, onto the work of the Society of Insurance Broking, of course, which of which you've joined the board recently. Can you tell us a little bit about the work you'll be doing in twenty twenty three? What members can expect, and and where our listeners can can find out more. Yeah, it it, um, it seems to be an exciting time. So I've only joined in the last six months, but I think the plans that we have coming up, I think, uh, really go a long way to some of the challenges we've talked about today. So um, there's there's new broken supplements that hopefully a lot of our listeners would have seen in the CII journal, uh, with the first one that that was issued out in our, our January um, edition. So myself and, and two of the other board members were talking around the cost of living crisis uh, and what role brokers can play and how we can support that uh, both in terms of our staff also to, to our end customers so that's something and if, if you missed it i believe it will be on the uh, the general website um, and i think the next broken supplement is due out in july as well so again we'll be looking to touch on topics that are really really uh, important in, in in the current society um, the, the theme across the year is, is, is pretty much centered around talent and, and the skills gap as we've talked about and, and also sort of leading towards that increasing customer and, and consumer trust um, which of course sort of reflecting on the pandemic uh, period that that's that there's an important piece of work there to to ensure that that continues and, and improves and i think we've got um, activities we've got some roundtable events coming up talking about the importance of esg and why brokers should care about that um, and we've also got a, a hosting a free news session at Viva in May. Um, and again, what does a, a good broker look like in today's world? So we've got a, a really good panel of uh, senior leaders in the broking sector, uh, which again, hopefully we'll be, we'll be meeting and uh, talking to a number of the listeners. 
And then um, the, the last couple of things is around sort of how we engage with the, the broker community. So there's some new LinkedIn uh, pages coming along, which is uh, the broken community itself. So again, that ability to share some of this insight uh, and, and collaborate across different businesses. Um, and there's also a new broken community hub on the CII website as well, which uh, will be due imminently. So, uh, so you watch out for announcements on that. Fantastic. Well, there's a huge amount to look forward to and a lot of work being done. And it's great to hear how many resources there are available to to members Uh, and extra points for uh, giving the journal a plug there as well, Jordan. Much appreciated. That is indeed uh, available on the the journal website. And uh, the next uh, supplement from one of our societies is, in fact, the Claims uh, Society, which Anisha and uh, Alex, I'm sure, will be very interested to to take a look at, which is in our February, March issue. So all that remains is for me to to thank you all for joining us today. It's been really insightful. Great to hear from you, Jordan, on the work of the society and Alex and Anisha. Fantastic to hear about all the work you did as part of the New Gen project and and fascinated to see um, the work that, that comes out of that in the future. So thanks for joining us all on, on CII Radio today. Thanks, Luke. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And you can also follow us on Twitter at CII Group. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>